welcome to episode 188. Two fat ladies. Two fat ladies, 88. It's a, bingo, it's a bingo reference. My name is Mike Hurley. This is the Enough Podcast. You are Patrick Rowan. And this is also the Enough Podcast. It's funny. Whenever I hear 88, I always think of the crazy 88s. I don't even know what you're talking about. You don't know what the crazy 88s? To Wikipedia, I go. Right, so obviously, um, we've... We have no. This is a rambler, as as the people know. Um, as 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 the kids like to say. Um, not only is this a not only is this a uh, rambling episode, right? This is also a old school episode in that we are pre-recording. Yeah, we are pre-recording because uh, as we speak, you are in the land of the mouse. I am. I'm. I'm in Disney World, um, and uh, my. My mother and our um, very well-trained German police dog um, are back at home minding the crib. Um, But, uh, yeah, it's uh, Beatrix's uh, fifth birthday on February 9th. And we thought, hey, you know, what better way to celebrate than to give Disney every single available dollar that we have because, oh, my God, it's so expensive. Yeah. Oh, man. You haven't – these people – you want to know what Imagineering is? Imagineering mm. is them Imagineering new ways to extract money from your pocketbook. That's what Imagineering is. Imagineering is one of my favorite words in the world. Isn't that a great word? Like, I don't like, use it naturally because i don't work for disney but that word imagineering what a great word that is i and not only that i picture that is just like hot as heck on a business card you know what do you do what oh, do you, yeah. you pull out your business card i'm an imagineer did i get that as a job title so i'd be like mike hurley imagineer imagineer can we come up um, with a really cool job title for me like that yeah, yeah, we should come up, you know, um, with something like that. Uh, podcast and ear doesn't quite sound right. No, it sounds it sounds a bit like Castanet, which is something else. Yeah, but I feel like we should run a contest for a new uh, job. For, uh, you know, for like crazy eighty eights, like whoever comes up with instead of me just telling you what I think of, when I think of the crazy eighty eights. Of course, I just tease contests, and I have nothing to give, and there's no planning on this whatsoever. So I don't I even know what we're doing a contest thinking. for. Anymore. I'm going to be out of town, and <laughs> people are going to be tweeting stuff, and I'm going to be like, you know, what the heck? What did I just do? No, I always think of uh, Kill Bill. Yeah, I've not seen Kill Bill. Thank you oh, for no, listening. You, Thank you, you for listening you, to this week's episode. Was, yeah, thanks a lot. <laughs> Michael's not about it. to go watch Kill Bill yeah, not right now. It. I'm not seeing it. <sighs> Michael. Mm. Why? Why have of, you not seen Kill Bill? It's just on my list of shame. I just Look, got you have it. to move that up to the very top. The very top. It is probably one of my probably one of my top five favorite films. Easily. Easily top five. Kill, you got to see Kill Bill. It's really, really good. It's Quint, it's Quentin Tarantino in his best, and it's his very best work. It's an amazing, amazing, in both volume than, one and combined. Right? Better than Pulp Fiction. I thought I I feel it's better than Pulp Fiction. Yes. Mm. I I feel. Yes. I can say that with without hesitation. Better than Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, 
It's it really is his best film. I haven't seen uh, I haven't seen Django yet, um, but uh, Django Unchained. But I can't believe that it's anywhere near as good as Kill Bill. So which so by you, the you, which, you just called it Django. So I'm gonna I'm gonna not only am I gonna correct you, I'm gonna give you something awesome. Django. So yeah. Sorry. And the the, the strap line on the movie poster series: the D is silent. I think it's the revenge won't be. Something like that. Ah. Which is awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. Well, and Kill Bill is the first of... He's doing this kind of revenge trilogy, right? And Kill Bill is the first of the revenge trilogy movies that he that he had planned. And I believe that... I'm not sure if it was supposed to be, you know, Kill Bill and Glorious Bastards and, and Django Unchained... But I, uh, or if he's got another one planned, but I, I think I read somewhere that the next one he's working on is also another revenge movie. And it was supposed to be a trilogy, but somehow he's got four. And I don't know. Yeah, but don't even. And Kill Bill is technically two films, but I don't, know. <sighs> don't even get me started. I do love me some Tarantino, though. You got to see Kill Bill. From what uh, from what I'm seeing by looking on the internet now, Inglorious and Django are two of the trilogy, and Kill Bill is like a TV pilot, <laughs> kind of for the for the trilogy uh, for the for the revenge trilogies. Yeah. Yeah. So well, strange. here is another uh, thing that I, I will not give it away uh, for those who have not seen Kill Bill for some unreasonable. Uh, reason, but uh, it's also uh, one of the reasons why we chose my daughter's name. Okay. Well, I've not uh, seen it, so I know her name's not Bill. So nope, her name is not Bill. <laughs> uh, and you we, and you do not find out what her name is until the last fifteen minutes of the, of the second film of part two. Her name is never. Well, it's mentioned several times, but it's bleeped out. He's actually bleeped it out whenever her name is mentioned up until the last 15 minutes of the film. As crazy as that is. That's, you know, Tarantino. He's nuts. Mm. Ah, But he's really, really smart. Do you want to know? Do you want to know? I mean, I I might get a lot of heat from this. I get Sammy always really complains at me for this, but... I love Pulp Fiction. Really? Well, it's a great movie. I love Pulp Fiction. Great. It, it, well, which even surprised me more why you haven't seen Kill Bill. Because it's, I haven't it. avoided it. I've just not I've just not got around to it yet. I will. It's sure. it's uh, it's on the list, you know, it's on the growing list of movies to see. But there is one part of the movie that of, of Pulp Fiction that I think ruins the film. Oh ruins, wow. ruins okay, it. You tell. So there's the part um with I believe it's in Jack Rabbit Slims and Tarantino and Furman are doing whatever, whatever it is they're doing. And I, think, I believe it's between the two of them. I can't remember the exact scene, like um, setting where um, Uma Furman calls um, Travolta, not Tarantino, Travolta a square. Mm-hmm. And she draws draws the square the thing, her fingers <laughs> and a white line, a box, a square. Yeah. A piece. That ruins the movie for me. <laughs> 
the, the, the special effect that the, that he that he chooses to use, for whatever reason he chooses to use it. Some people say it's the best part of the movie, and I think that they're just going into ultra defensive mode. But that to me ruins the movie. It pulls me out of the world that the, he's created. Huh. Okay. Because it just adds a superfluous special effect. I mean, it feels yeah. superfluous to me. I'm sure that there is a very good reason that he's done it because he's an excellent director. I am just, just don't like that bit. Don't like it. It, 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 it just, it just, I don't know. There's something about it. It just doesn't sit with me. Um, interesting. I don't know. I, uh, I mean, for me, that is kind of one of the many little kind of Tarantino quirks, you know? I mean... I also I, don't like that he puts himself in every film and he's a horrendous actor. <laughs> I don't think he's bad. Oh, he's I terrible. Mean, yeah. He's terrible. There's no other way to put it. He is just not good. But he does create you, masterpieces you do of cinema. realize how many other directors do that. Yeah, I, I know. Mean, tons. I know. Like Peter Jackson is in every, is in every one of his films. Yeah. Seriously, Peter Jackson has himself in as like an orc or a... Yeah, but you know? <laughs> that's fine, though. I, I don't have a problem with it. Like, um, you know Fatboy Slim, Norman Cook? Yeah. He is in every one of his music videos. It's not an issue that he chooses to be in them. It's that he chooses to give himself, in some films, quite sizable parts. That's yeah. my... Con- like, if Peter Jackson is dressing as an orc, that's not, that's not an issue. I'm not concerned about that at all. But it's the fact that he gives himself quite quite pivotal speaking parts in some movies, especially Pulp Fiction. Well, you know who else does it? Go on. Uh, M. Night Shyamalan. Shyamalan and Ding Dong. Jeez, The Sixth Sense. Um, uh, what's the one that Aaron is crazy about that takes place in The Village? I haven't uh, seen that. Yeah. Uh, Unbreakable. That's a great yeah. movie. Unbreakable is actually really good. Out of all of his films, Unbreakable is my favorite. That's my favorite, Shyamalan. Yeah. Shyamalan. Yeah, Shyamalan Ding Dong. It's a great name. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Wait, so it's a great name for somebody to have. I'm not sure if it's a great name for you to have. Is M. Knight his real first? Like, I, is that like, I wonder. I can't imagine that he was christened, or not christened, but, you know, named M. Knight. I'm gonna yeah. again to Wikipedia. I go. Yeah, yeah. This is this is uh, one of these things that the world needs to know. His name uh, is Manoj. Manoj. Mm-hmm. Middle name Knight, though, huh? Uh, no, doesn't say ah, that. Ah, he threw the knight in there. Yeah, he's Manoj Shyamalan, uh-huh. um, known professionally as M Knight. Yeah, yeah. He threw the knight in there. Yeah, Hollywood. Those that, people are crazy. That's a great like um, song name or band name. Throwing the yeah. night in there. Yeah, I he think threw so. the night in there. He threw the night in there. <laughs> this is like like so, this is hyper rambly today. This is a, this really is. This is well, more like I mean, an episode it kind of, of comes off of. So I've been thinking a lot about movies lately because. Um, uh, 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 so something something that I realized about myself relatively recently, but that is that um, in any sort of dramatic presentation, whether it be a book, a uh, a play, uh, a movie, movies especially because movies are so um, 
Like this just doesn't happen in movies. And it doesn't happen in movies because, uh, well, um, Hollywood is just so picky. Uh, the studios are so picky about letting these sorts of things happen uh, because it generally turns audiences off and they, they're in the business to make money for some strange reason um, as opposed to being true to art. But um, <clears throat> I digress. Uh, one of the things that always wins me tremendous respect in any sort of dramatic presentation or wins tremendous respect from me is make me care about a major character and then kill them. Kill them mercilessly, right? Hmm. (laughs) Like, seriously, right? (laughs) And one of the examples I put forward on this on app.net that led to this long, really, I think, great discussion with uh, with somebody who really treated me well about it because it obviously flies in the face of what everyone else thinks is I gave the example of Star Trek Three, The Search for Spock, as an example. Uh, because what's great about Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock, and one of the reasons why it's one of my top three, um, actually it's one of my top two favorite Star Trek films, is because it dared to kill the most major character on Star Trek, which you may mistake as being Kirk, and you would be incorrect. They killed the Enterprise. It was the very first time the Enterprise itself was destroyed. And it set the standard for all others to follow. Because now, about every other film, they destroy the Enterprise again. (laughs) (laughs) But up until that time, up until that time, they always hit the self-destruct button. They always managed to, at the last minute, stop it from happening, right? They always manage to, like, you know, we're going to self-destruct the ship and we're going to beam off, except for the captain who's going to stay on board. And at the last minute, something's going to happen and he's going to push the, you know, have a reason to stop it from self-destructing and da, 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 da. Why? Because you can't kill off the Enterprise. It is the most major character on the show. It's bigger than Kirk as far as characters go. Um you know, it's one of the reasons why you know, they killed Spock even. They killed Spock, and then they brought him back to life so that they could then kill the Enterprise. This is what I love about Star Trek Three. This is what makes it one of my top two favorite Star Trek films. Most of favorite Star Trek movie. Oh, and this is what led to the trouble. Because, you see, one and two are actually so kind of interchangeable ask me on any given day and I might tell you that Star Trek 3 is in fact my number one favorite and this other one is my number two but ask me on another day and that might be reversed my favorite and the one that I consider to be the most canonically faithful to both the spirit of Gene and the spirit of the original series is Star Trek the motion picture yes the first one the one that everybody hates. <laughs> because they spent too long on V'ger and the kind of silly love story. And, and I don't think 
that was the case at all. I think that they spent exactly the time they needed on V'ger and the silly love story because one of the things that made the original series so important and so groundbreaking was they took contemporary historical issues that were going on at the time wrapped them in sci-fi and fed them back to us with solutions right and uh, my my best example of this this is um, the the one I cannot remember the name of the episode, so please forgive me. Someone Wikipedia it, look it up. But Kirk and Spock they go down to the planet and they find, or no, they don't go down to the planet. They beam up these two people who are on this planet at war, and these two people are mid flight, mid fight, and they beam them up. And, you know, they beam up there in that, like, frozen state. And they're, like, keep fighting. And they break them up and everything else. And finally, when it's all the dust is settled, they, they say, okay, you know, what's the deal here? Why are you guys fighting? And they look at each other and, well, isn't it obvious? Well, no, it's not. You know, well, well, look at the way he looks. And the other guy's, well, no, look at how he looks. And, you know, sort of thing. And and they both have, uh, they have split faces, you know, kind of been split with makeup. One has white side, the other has a black black side and vice versa, right? The cut in half. And you look at them, they look identical and they, you know, and Kirk's like, you guys look identical. No, he's black on the right side of his face and he, I'm black on the left side of my face. That's why we're fighting. <laughs> Basically, and they did this in the middle of 60s America where you had civil rights riots going on and the struggle for, you know, equality and all of this stuff. And here they were taking this thing, wrapping it up inside in, in sci-fi and feeding it back with a solution. I.e., look at how ridiculous this is. And that's why I like about Star Trek one is that, you know, basically they take the idea of, well, okay, we're, you know, we're taking these, these satellites things, not really satellites because they're not orbiting, but we're taking these exploring devices and, you know, sending them out to explore our solar system and beyond, right? As it stands right now, Voyager 1 is something like, you know, I don't know, million miles beyond our soil. You know, it's, it's still going and going and going. And these things will, will go for as long as they're, you know, for a very, very, very long time and very, very far. And we keep sending this stuff out there. One of the things I love about Star Trek One is they take the the question of, well, what happens when somebody finds it? What happens when they read the little the little plaque on the on the side and they see this thing about you know humans and see this little map where they're pointing at at Earth and this solar system, this that and the other. What happens when this advanced race? finds this thing and decides to send it back. Decides to answer. What happens when we pick up the telephone to call other life forms in our universe and somebody picks up on the other end? And I love that. I love that idea. That's very true of the spirit of the original series and to Gene. So there you go. 
and let the hate mail arrive. But I'm betting that we have to address a sponsor in the middle of our talk about film. Yeah, I'm going to make you pass out quickly. Never watched Star Trek. But anyway, so... Oh my gosh! Yeah, I know, right? This is this is a this is a time of of great um, admission for me. But they can trust what you say about Squarespace, right? People can trust what I say about Squarespace. Of course, they can. Because you've seen Squarespace, I've, you've I, used Squarespace. I use it every day. So so we can't trust anything you say about anything sci-fi. But Squarespace, we can trust you. We can trust what you're saying there. Yeah, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Because Squarespace gives you absolutely everything you need to make an amazing website. They give me everything I need to make mine. They provide me with a fully hosted, completely managed environment and allow me and you to create and maintain beautiful websites, blogs, or portfolios. It doesn't matter how experienced you are when it comes to building websites, and I can tell you, for one, that I am not experienced at all. So I turned to Squarespace <laughs> to build my site in minutes. I didn't have to, and you do not have to worry about hosting, scaling, or integration with social services like Twitter or Facebook. It's all built in right out of the box. They have beautiful, responsive templates to build your look of your site. You have control over um, their WYSIWYG design editor, so you can make changes to the way that things look, colors, fonts, and all this stuff. You have a drag-and-drop platform to build your pages called Layout Engine. It allows you to add blocks of content and move them around within the web browser, dragging and dropping. They have fantastic stats. They have great iOS and Android apps. You can import your current bl- uh, content from your current blog and easily set up sharing so it posts to Twitter and Facebook automatically when you update your site. They have free custom domain names when you sign up for one of their annual plans. These are just some of the fantastic features that Squarespace has to offer. I want you to go and try it out for yourself. Help support the show too. Go to squarespace.com forward slash 70 decibels. You can start a free trial. Squarespace starts at $10 a month for the standard plan, $20 a month for a limited plan. If you sign up for one year, you'll automatically get 20% off. If you sign up for two, you get 25% off. Um, if you decide to purchase... Use the code 70 decibels 2 as we are in the month of February for an additional 10% off your order. Thank you to Squarespace. Yeah. So you're going to have to redeem yourself here, Michael. What what have you seen? Like, just lately, what have you seen that you've enjoyed? Uh, Wreck-It Ralph. How was that? Incredible. It was Good not, for the kids? It was the best Pixar movie that Disney has made in the last year. Was it a Pixar movie? No. But that's the point. <laughs> Pixar, Pixar have not made a good movie in the last year, or by their standards. Um, for me, personally... What about Brave? Brave was wonderful. I haven't even seen it, because I wasn't that interested in it. And that is extremely unlike me. Tell you a problem. Let me tell you a problem. So we're going to go off on a tangent here. Disney... We haven't already. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) Disney do this thing here in this country and in other parts outside of the US. So Wreck-It Ralph came out this weekend. Huh. Premiered this weekend in the United Kingdom. Wow. That seems a long time after it was released here in the States. They tend, it was released here in the States like this summer or something. They tend it? to release, Disney tend to release their movies six months after. Wow. So, Braid. Brave. Um, Brave. Braid? Braid. Braid is a game. It's, 
Okay. Braid is a great game. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, but I thought you were talking about Brave, the the, the Pixar film. Yeah, I was, but I said Braid. You, you've changed. Okay. Yeah. I said Braid, didn't mean to, but Braid is a great game. <laughs> we're confusing the heck out of people right now. Including each other. Um, Brave, the movie, boy, oh boy, um, came out like six months later, as, as I've mentioned, but because it didn't get great reviews, I just lost interest in it, didn't see it, haven't seen it. Mm. Mm. Um, but like, so it's, for example, Monsters University, which I'm very excited about. Well, um, let me see when Monsters U comes out. So this is the prequel to um, Monsters, Inc. Right. So Monsters University. Which looks fun. It looks, oh, it would be great, of course. Um, it debuts on the 21st of June in the United States of America. Okay. In the United Kingdom. Oh, it's not too bad, actually. 12th of July. So, obviously, for this one, for whatever reason, it's still a delay, but not a bad one. But I will use Wreck-It Ralph. Um, I'll go back to it. 2nd of November in America. And we and it debuts on the 8th of February. Yeah. Wow, that is just crazy. So, I will go to Brave now. Yeah. Um, well, so, I mean, the nice thing about Brave is that you'll understand half of what they're saying. June, to, June to August, so two it, months. I mean, it takes place in... in, in in Scotland, mm-hmm. yeah, June, June to August, so it wasn't as bad as others, but it's still months and months, and you just yeah. kind of by that point, the buzz has worn off. But I don't know why Disney do it. I don't know why they do it with their animation films. And I've had people say to me, "Oh, it's because you know the promotion." But all other movies with real human actors, in yeah, them, it doesn't take that long. And they, in they many cases, them. they premiere there first. <laughs> they do it at the same time, so that way everybody gets it at the same time, and they just have to jet all off all over the place for promotion. Yeah, I mean, you didn't have to wait for, like, Dark Knight, did you? Um, no, I think we got it first. Yeah, see, that's my like, point. Well, like a week or whatever, because some... It seems that with superhero movies, we do. Avengers, we got first. Iron Man, we get first. It just seems like for those movies, they want to do the premieres in the UK, and then obviously they do them. The, we, our movies tend to come out on Fridays, Thursdays and Fridays in the United Kingdom, where right. I believe that in America they come out on Mondays, yeah. typically. So, uh, no, that's not true. Okay. They don't come out Monday. So the depends on the film, but um, more often than not, it's Thursdays. Right. Okay. They generally come out right before the weekend. Well, there you but go. Then. Not always the case. Well, I'm 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 blown away. So I'm still kind of kind of going nuts about Star Trek. What Star Trek haven't you... So you haven't seen Star Trek The Motion Picture? You haven't seen any of the Star Trek? I mean, like, obviously shows. I have seen episodes of Star Trek in my life, but never with any interest. Um, and I have seen the J.J. Abrams movie, and I liked it very much. I have a working knowledge of Star Trek. Just uh, I, I would imagine, of course. Osmosis of popular the, culture. The one that's about to come out, because it's got uh, it's got uh, uh, Benedict, Benedict uh, Cumberbatch. Yeah. Uh, in it, right? Did I pronounce his name right? The guy, the kid who looks like an otter who played Sherlock. He looks like an otter. He does look like an otter. <laughs> Do yourself a favor, my friend. Uh, Google his name. Uh, Dick Com uh, Cumberbatch and the word otter. 
And uh, you should come up in the Google image search for a image that was making the rounds of the uh, internet memes of him looking like an otter. Yeah, yeah, here no. it is. <laughs> there are many of them. <laughs> but isn't it just, doesn't he look, he, when you see him side by side, you're like, oh my God, you're, he's, he really does. That's my favorite. There right are there. many. So <laughs> I'm I'm gonna put a selection of them. Oh, you got to. You absolutely have to. So yeah, I mean I imagine you're gonna see that if for no other reason than it's got him as the villain. Yeah. Well also He's gonna be awesome. You know, also JJ Abrams, he has a monopoly on all uh, science fiction now, as we well know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what do you think about that? I think it's great. I mean Look, I like J.J. Abrams. I think that his movies are great. I've always enjoyed them. Um, Not a fan of his cinematography style, but that's okay. That doesn't it doesn't bother me. Whatever. <laughs> it becomes distracting after a while. Uh, you know where I found it really distracting, like almost to the point where I couldn't watch the movie. Like I might have to go watch it again because I was too distracted. Um, Super Eight. I like that movie. I think I did too, but I kept being distracted by the lens flares. Like, gratuitous. Like, okay, there's no reason that you need to have one in this particular scene. Yet, there it is. Why? Because he feels like every scene needs to have one. (laughs) It's just like, okay. (laughs) You know, here's this non-reflective piece of wood. Let's put a lens flare. Oh, that's not fair. (laughs) Seriously, it gets to be that bad sometimes. <laughs> oh, uh, I suppose we've probably beat this dead horse. Uh, we've managed to have an entire show where we talk about film. How did this happen? No idea. Why are people tuning into this? Um, is this what people tune in for? Yes, probably. Wow, really? I don't know. People just like to hear us talk, right? I I don't know. I don't honestly, Pat. I don't know why anybody's ever here for any of the shows that I ever do, but they're here, so great. Occasionally, I talk about like some kind of big idea, kind of concept, sort of thing, and sometimes it resonates with people. Like about every five or six shows, I talk about that, and I think, I think they keep listening, keep sticking around for that every other five show, fifth show, that I actually say something meaningful for about five minutes, which I don't know, is a testament to their fortitude um, and their willingness to uh, dig in and stick in there uh, with us uh, when we kind of go off on tangents like this because I'm too tired and can't think of anything to talk about because I've had so little sleep because I'm working so hard because we're going to be in Disney World as uh, we are recording this. So I think, though, that people, people, they hear the show and they hear all the big topics and the big things that we talk about. So once in a while, to have us shoot the breeze about Tarantino movies and Star Trek and the fact that I've not seen any anything that has ever created in all of pop, fi- uh, pop fiction and pulp fiction clearly um, I think people like to hear that I think that's an enjoyment for them yeah. and I'm sure they'll tell us if it's not <laughs> I'm sure we'll hear about it but I can promise we'll be back to our kind of regularly scheduled uh, you know having having important 
things, at least things I feel are important to say uh, next episode. So, okay. Well, with that, we'll chat later. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>